0: This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Hallelujah. God's good, isn't he? I want to share with you today, the, we're going to continue talking about the worth of the soul. But I want us to look over in Luke, if you have your Bibles there, look at Luke 15. I'm going to be reading out of the Passion Translation because i just like some things it brings out. But we're going to be looking at this parable. And I, I'm calling today's message, The Father and His Family, because we're going to get some snapshots here. And they're, they're kind of progressive. as Jesus starts with the, the, the one lost sheep, then the one lost coin, then the one lost son. And so we see a progression here of the value that God places on the worth of a soul. Starts out, the sheep are one out of a hundred. The silver coins are one out of ten. But the sons are one out of two. So God, we see a progressive here, a progression as it goes along. So let's read. You read along there. I'm going to read out of the Passion Translation. It says, Many dishonest tax collectors and other notorious sinners gathered around to listen to Jesus. Wow, wouldn't you like Wouldn't that be something? Man, we was at Passion Church the other day, and there was a lot of dishonest people there and a lot of notorious sinners. How how about that? That's why I wanted to read it out of the Passion I like like the way it brings it out. You know, sometimes, you know, we read this stuff, and we get all religious. Oh, yeah, but Jesus the sinners. But they probably weren't big sinners. Yeah, he said these weren't big. They were notorious. That's, that's Al Capone style. <laughs> and you young people who don't know who Al Capone was, Google it. <laughs> this raised concern among the Jewish religious leaders and experts of the law. Indignant, they grumbled and complained, saying, Look at how this man associates with all these notorious sinners and welcomes them all to come to him. In response, Jesus gave them this illustration There was once a shepherd with a hundred lambs one of his lambs wandered away and was lost. So the shepherd left the 99 lambs out in the open field and searched in the wilderness for that one lost lamb. He didn't stop until he finally found it. And it says, with exuberant joy, he raised it up and placed it on his shoulders. Now, this is a, a wonderful picture here of the shepherd's joy. And it tells us about the good shepherd, the good shepherd. Notice it says he didn't, he didn't you know, when he found the lost sheep, he didn't beat the sheep up. Come on. He didn't scold the sheep. He didn't berate the sheep. What did he do? He took the lost sheep and what and put him on. He didn't even make him walk back. Thank you. <laughs> Amen. See, as we look at this today, one of the things we're going to look at is we're going to see the, some characteristics of the father, the prodigal, and the older brother a little bit later. But out of this, too, we need to see what's our attitude. Which one of these are we most closely aligned to? Are we berating the sinner? Are we, are we out to get them? I mean, we're talking about household salvation. How, how are you ministering to those that are lost in your family? Well, you old sinner, you. You're going to bust hell wide open. <laughs> Thank you for your enthusiasm. No, he raised it up and carried it home, didn't he? Absolutely. And he says he carried it back. With cheerful delight. Wow, I like that. Returning home, he called his friends and neighbors together and said, Let's have a party. Listen, when you see one of your loved ones come to the Lord, why don't you have a celebration? Just celebrate it. I mean, throw a party. Have a good time. Tell them how glad you are that they've come into the kingdom. Don't tell them, well, I thought you'd never make it. There was a day when folks thought that about me. How about you? <laughs> Just shows you how wrong you can be sometimes, isn't it? But he, says, he said, let's have a party. Come celebrate with me. Return of my lost lamb. He said, it wandered away, but I found it and brought it home. Jesus continued, in the same way, there will be glorious celebration in heaven. I going to tell you what. Listen, folks. We begin to see people saved, our household members and others coming. You know, that's what I'm longing for. I want to see this altar filled with people being saved. Because I know then, man, I'm telling you what, we're going to have a party. I'm telling you what, we're going to have a party. I don't care if it's just one. They had, he had a party over one. God saying, it don't take much for me to have a party. I like that about God, didn't he? It just took one, and he said, we're going to celebrate. He said, all of heavens going to celebrate. Can you imagine, what, what, what about ten? What about 20? What about 100? Boy, you know there'd be some partying going on. <laughs> They'd be throwing down, won't they? <laughs> Come on. Don't get all religious on me. So there's glorious celebration in heaven. Oh, the rescue of one lost sinner who repents, comes back home, and returns to the fold. More so than for all the righteous people who never strayed away. Hello. We'll see more about this as we read. He gave them another parable. Now we're going on. Now that was one out of a hundred. And yet he said, all of heaven celebrated over the one sheep that was returned to the fold. Jesus gave them another parable. There was once a woman who had ten valuable silver coins. Now, here, this silver corn was a... Zuzah, Z-U-Z-A in the Aramaic. And uh the value of that in today's currency would be about twelve hundred U.S. dollars. So that was that was a good bit of money, especially in those days. Amen. I mean, I can remember 30 years ago when I had, if I had twelve hundred dollars thirty years ago, that was that's a good bit of money, especially for me. <laughs> Amen. It's, now uh, so he had 1,200. So no, no notice, it shows the value that, and this is a point I want to bring out, that they bring out and I thought was really good, that although the coin was lost, it never lost its value. I'm going to let that sink in a minute. Although the coin was lost, it never, if it had, you wouldn't have bothered to look for it, would you? If the value, so so God, when he sees Someone who's lost, listen, that doesn't decrease the value as far as God is concerned. I mean, let's face it. When Jesus died, there were none of us righteous. <laughs> so don't get up on your high horse there too much. <laughs> Amen. So, so keep that in mind. When you, you see your family members, because I'm telling you, sometimes, I mean, you know, they act up. They act out. They're not saved. They're not righteous. Come on. Their mouth's not cleaned up too much. I imagine with this bunch of Jesus was meeting with around him, there was probably a few choice words that flew out. Probably a couple of fisticuffs fighting over who's going to get closest to Jesus. See, we... I'm saying this because we 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 you know we get some, I mean this was a rough crowd that was around him. They only came because of the miracles. They weren't seeking to be made holy. They they might have been seeking to, you know, be healed or something and that's fine, but you know, they weren't looking to be all right righteous. Oh, they this was a rough bunch. Notorious. <laughs> so so you know <clears throat> So she goes and, you know, it says she swept, she looked, you know, and she she comes to them when she finally found it. Let me back up a little bit. It says uh, when she had lost one of them, it says she swept her entire house. She swept her entire house. That, That could be a picture of us as we're praying over our family members. We're sweeping our entire household. We're praying over them. We're pleading the blood. We're speaking the word. We're, we're acknowledging the grace of God that Jesus, the blood of Jesus was shed for them just like it was for me. You know, we used to, when, we, when I played football a long time ago, and I'm not exaggerating either. <laughs> Try 50 years ago. So, but you know, we always used to say, especially if we were going to play somebody, you know, that was high school team that was ranked. You know, if they were undefeated. They were like number two or three or five or somewhere in the top ten in the state. You know, we'd always, you know, the coach would always come in and say, "Listen, men, I want to tell you, they put their britches on the same way you do." And, you know, that was true until you got on the field, and then you realize there, <laughs> there was a lot more in their britches than ours. They was bigger than us, man. I'm telling you what, woo. But you know. <laughs> but you know, here's the thing, we all get saved the same way, don't we? By the blood of Jesus, by faith in Jesus, by the grace of God. There's not one of us that earned it, not one of us deserved it. You know? I don't care how wonderful you were, how smart you were, how good you were to your papa, you didn't deserve it. So let's just stop trying to compare where we are now by the grace of God and where they are without the grace of God that's that's comparing apples to oranges isn't it she she finally she swip, swept every nook and every crowning when she finally found it she gathered all her friends and neighbors for a celebration you see a theme here celebration over the one out of the 100 celebration over the one out of the 10 She said, Celebrate with me. I lost my precious silver coin, but now I've found it. And he said, That's the way God responds to, uh, to, to everyone that comes to the Lord. Now, this is interesting, too. Isn't it interesting that he started with a shepherd? Now, in this one, the metaphor is a woman. Now, you know how that went over with the scribes and the Pharisees and the Sadducees. You know, they used, you know, they had prayers where, you know, they'd come and say, God, you know, they'd stand up and say, God, I thank you that, you know, I'm not a Samaritan. I thank you, I'm not, you know, uh, a pagan. And I thank you, God, that I'm not a woman. I'm not kidding you. That that was their estimation. So, you know, when he used this metaphor, and of course, we, we, you know, I believe that, you know, he's referring here, of course, to the, 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 the good shepherd. Of course, that's Jesus, isn't it? And this. This woman, the the feminine, is the Holy Spirit. So this is the Holy Spirit seeking, seeking, seeking that which was lost, looking, looking, looking for that which is lost. That's our family members. And as we pray, we are working together with Him. You know, we talk about the Holy Spirit in Romans 8. It says that He is our helper. That word literally means to take hold together with against. And so as we begin to pray, we begin to partner with the Holy Spirit over those who are lost, whether it's our family members or it might be a neighbor or, or it might be a coworker or somebody. But we're, we're partnering together with Him, you know, and, and enabling Him to sweep the house, sweep the house, sweep the house, find that nook and cranny, find that place of entrance into their life. Because I believe that everyone has a key of entrance into their life. And nobody knows it like the Holy Spirit does. Amen? So, you, pardon me. So, God reveals himself as the extravagant father who forgivers his wayward son. And that's what we're going to look at now. The third one. Then Jesus says, Once there was a father with two sons. The younger son came to his father and said, Father, don't you think it's time to give me my share of the estate? Now, you have to understand, in their culture, that was quite an affront. It was like saying, Father, I wish you were dead. 'Cause that's usually when they got the their share of the inheritance, is when the father died. I don't want to wait for you to die now, father. I mean you know, I want it now. <laughs> Shortly afterward, the younger son packed up all his belongings, traveled off to see the world. He journeyed to a far off land. He was soon wasted all that he was given in a binge of extravagant and reckless living. With everything spent and nothing left, he grew hungry because there was a severe famine in that land. So he begged the farmer in the country to hire him. The farmer hired him. You know the story. He went out to feed the pigs. Then the son was so famished, he was willing even to eat the slop given to the pigs. Now, boy, that would be tough on anybody. But for a Jew, they were forbidden to even raise pigs, to be around pigs. He said, because no one would give him anything to eat. Humiliated, the son finally realized what he was doing. I like one translation that says, he came to himself. You know, sometimes, you know, people have to come to themselves. You have to come to yourself. I mean, it takes, all of a sudden, it takes a realization. I can, I can think back in my own uh, time when God was dealing with me, when there came a realization. Before that, I never, I didn't, before that came, I didn't give, I didn't give God a thought. Man, I was having a high old high heel time, I thought. You know, out in the world, I wouldn't think about that. I think about everything but that. But there comes a time when what? A realization hits you. I remember God used a donkey to prophesy to me, not literally, but just about. You know, and that was that was a big thing of realization. Cuz I knew there ain't no way. I mean, as far as I know, he never got saved. So I mean, so I knew it wasn't because he was holy or anything or knew anything about God, you know. Neither one of us did. But there comes a time when people will come to themselves, and if we will dare to pray and share the love of God, the grace of God, can we, can we be, be gentle around them? Can we be patient with them? When they act up, and they're going to, and they act out, and they're going to, don't be so surprised. Amen. So he says, here's what I'm going to do. He says, I'm going to go back to my father's house. I'm going to say to him, Father, I was wrong. Isn't it interesting? This, guy, this young son, he repented right there in the pig pen. That's where the repentance takes place. That's where it starts. It's right in the pig pen. You're waiting for your family to start coming to church regular and getting their act all cleaned up, and then they're going to repent. That ain't the way it works, honey. They repent while they're in the pig pen. They repent in the middle of the slop. Thank you for your enthusiasm. (laughs) So he said, said, you know, and he rehearsed what he was going to say. Father, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Just make me like one of the hired servants. So the young son set off for home. He set off for home. See, that's what repentance does. Repentance leads you to set off for home. Home is... Back with the Father. Amen. Stop looking at your lost family members and those that you love as, you know, as strangers and outside. Listen, as soon as repentance comes, they're going to set out for home. Home is with the Father. God made man for Himself. God made man for Himself. Listen, why else would Jesus come? Why else would Jesus die? Why we're all yet sinners, Christ died for us. The godly for the ungodly. And I want to tell you what, there'll be some dying of yourself, you know, the godly, made godly by faith in Jesus for the ungodly in your family members. There'll be some dying to your own ways, your own ideas, your own comfort zones. There'll be some dying there if you want to see them come to repentance. It says, from a long distance away, his father saw him coming dressed as a beggar. Boy, you know he didn't look too pretty coming out of the Pig pen. Imagine he'd lost a few pounds. Imagine his clothes didn't exactly look like Armani anymore. Come on. You know, whatever jewelry he had, he'd sold, you know, to pay for his riotous living. So he comes back, he's smelly, he's dirty, he's disheveled, he's hungry. And it says, And great compassion swelled up in his heart for his son, who was returning home. He ain't got there yet. I said he hadn't got there yet, and yet there was great compassion swelling up in the Father's heart. There is compassion in the Father's heart today for the lost. He's not mad at them. He's not angry with them. Why would he be? Jesus has already paid the price. He's full of compassion. He's full of compassion for your your family. God God can see what they can be. When Jesus gets a hold of them and the grace of God comes in, he, he, can, he, he sees what they can be. And you know what? If you'll ask Him, He'll help you to see what they can be. And you can start calling those things that be not as though they were. You can start treating them as though they're already saved. You can start treating them with love, with consideration. Stop preaching down to them. Great compassion swelled up his heart. It says, The Father raced out to meet him. Boy, I like that. You know, the father didn't go. Tell you one thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Told you so. You get out there in the field and work, maybe in a few years, I'll think about it. No, it says he raced out to meet him. Woo. Swept him up in his arms. Hugged him dearly. Kissed him over and over with tender love. I know like I said some of y'all did God a favor but he didn't get any with me then the son said you know and he talked about his rehearsal here father I was wrong I've sinned against you I can never be uh, deserve to be called your son just let me be and the father interrupted and said son you're home now I like that Son, you're home now. Daughter, you're home now. Home is a safe place, or it ought to be. It is in God. It's a place free from condemnation, accusation, guilt. Come on. Boy, I tell you what, who wouldn't want to race home to that? Mm. Turning to his servants, the father said, Quick, bring me the the very best robe, my very own robe, that and I will place it on him he said you won't I will bring the ring the seal of sonship you know the the ring you know usually those rings like this was a signet ring and and that meant that the son whoever owned that ring was authorized to carry out business in the name of the father Whew. immediately he had the father's robe immediately he had the fa- father's ring and sonship and inheritance was his not 20 years later right then he said i will put it on his finger and bring out the best shoes now you know in those days uh, only the 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 heirs the daughters landowners people like that they wore shoes all the slaves were barefoot so see he came as a slave he was barefoot but he says put the shoes on him hallelujah Put the shoes on him. He said, Let's prepare grace, feast, and celebrate. Now, here we are again. Celebration. Celebration. For my beloved son was once dead, but now he's alive. Once he was lost, but now he's found. And everyone celebrated with overflowing joy. Now, the older son. Let's look at him. You know, from the father's heart we see this: He was generous. He was compassionate, he was patient, he was forgiving, and he was joyful. That's the father's heart. And this is toward the lost. How much more toward his people. But see, we're going to look at the reason I want to bring out about the older son here in a moment is that there's a lot of people in church that have an older son view and mentality of the father. Actually, even though the son had left and was away from the father's home, he had more of a view of the father than the older son did, who was there with him day in and day out. Now, the prodigal son, you know, his heart was selfish, wasn't it? Give me what is due me. He was impatient. I don't want to wait for you to die, Father. I want it now. (laughs) Amen. He was wasteful, but he was repentant. That's a biggie right there. That was a biggie. The older, now, the older son was out working in the field. When his brother returned, as he approached the house, he heard the music of celebration and dancing. Hallelujah. Tell you what, can't wait. There's some celebration and dancing in this house. Amen. Man, we're going to dance with you when your folks come. Woo. I like to just have a love feast. You know, every month for everybody that got saved, you know, you, you know, invite them and their family members. Everybody just have a love feast. Hallelujah! Let them know, man. You know, you didn't just join some organization. You home, you're home. Servant replied, "It's your younger brother. He's returned home, and your father's throwing a party to celebrate his homecoming." Now here, here's the view of so many in the church. The older son became angry and refused to go in. And celebrate. So his father came out and pleaded with him, Come and enjoy the feast with us. Now you have to understand, you know, in this culture, again, this was a big affront that his father had to go out and beg him to come in. The son said, Father, listen, how many years have I worked like a slave for you, performing every duty you've ever asked a faithful son? And I've never once disobeyed you, but you've never thrown a party for me because of my faithfulness. I want you to stop a minute. You remember way up there where it says, and he divided, you know, when the younger son came to him, he he divided the inheritance between them both. Between them both. So the older son, he already had his inheritance. He just didn't do nothing with it. And so many Christians are like that. I don't understand why God blesses him. Well, I don't think they do this or that or the other. See, he was full of moral obligation, the older son. And see, in the church, if you're not careful, we can start getting a legalistic thing about that. You know, I, I mean, I come every, you know, I tithe of every leaf of mint and cumin and, you know, and <laughs> nothing wrong with tithing, but, you know, that's not what saves you. <laughs> that's not what brought you in the right relationship with God. He said, I've done everything you could ask a faithful son. So while the younger son was out pur- pursuing self-discovery, the older, older brother was believed in moral conformity, trying to earn favor from his father. And there's so many Christians trying to do that. They're trying to earn healing. They're trying to earn blessing. They're trying to earn peace. They're trying to earn some, oh, you know, and it's because your view of the father. He's already delivered you the inheritance. It's already yours. You want to you wanna celebrate? Celebrate. You want to kill a fatted calf? Go pick out one and kill it and celebrate. All the promises are yes and amen. They all belong to you. You're an heir of God, a joint heir with Jesus. All that the Father has, He's given to you. Stop whining and belly aching and complaining and getting all, getting all upset because somebody else got blessed, you know, more than you. Thank you for your enthusiasm. (laughs) He said, I've never disobeyed you. you never thrown me a party. (laughs) Y'all know some people like that. Never once have you given me a goat. Are you kidding me? He's divided his whole estate with you. And you you dare stand in front of him and say, you've never given me a goat? better be careful what you're saying to the father you ought to be glad he's full of love he <laughs> otherwise he'd have a knot for a knot head but fortunately he's not that way <laughs> hallelujah aren't you glad we'd all be brainless <laughs> he said look at him he comes back after wasting your wealth See, he had a wrong view there he didn't waste the father's wealth that was the son's wealth Okay, thank you for you. On prostitutes and reckless living. That sounds like some of these notorious sinners that was around Jesus, doesn't it? <laughs> you know, some of them get, get saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. They'll become notorious Christians. You know, kind of preach anything that moves. And if it don't move, they'll move it and then preach. Some of y'all used to be that way. He said, and here you are throwing a great feast to celebrate for him. The Father said, My son, you are always with me by my side. Listen to this. He reminds him, Everything I have is yours to enjoy. Why aren't you enjoying it? That's your fault, not Father's. Well, I just don't understand. God just never seems to help me. He never seems to bless me. He never seems Well, you old mealy-mouth whiny. You need to know. Use what's yours. I mean, it'd be like, you know, you know, I find out that you, you've, got a, you've got a need, and so I just, you know, I, I don't really want you to know about it, so I just, you know, I just secretly deposit $10,000 in your bank account and have your banker contact you and just say, you know. But then instead of you using it, you're like, well, I don't know. Who would do something like that? That can't be real. I ain't going to use that money. They'll probably come back. I'll probably have to pay that money back. Come on. See, that's some people's attitude. See, your attitude ought to be, you know, if you need money and God, you know, causes an old cow to, you know, find a sack of money in a haystack, bring it to your door, you know, keep the money, and milk the cow, and then send it home. Never mind. Come on. This, listen, this is in red right here. That means Jesus said it. <laughs> he said, everything I have is yours to enjoy. It's only right to rejoice and celebrate like this because your brother was once dead and gone, but now he's alive and back with us again. He was lost, but now he is found. Wow. Isn't that good? So here, let's look at this again. The father's heart, real quickly. Generous. They came to him and said, Father, give me what's mine now. He divided it. it. It wasn't one mention that he got mad, he got angry or anything. Okay, here you go. He was compassionate. He saw his son on the way home, hadn't got there yet, just returning home. He said, it's good enough for me. Phew, he took off. Ran to meet him. Embraced him. Smothered him with kisses. Gave him his robe. Put a ring on his finger. Shoes on his feet. Killed the fatted calf. Forgiving and joyful. I want you to see this. Listen, you know, Cindy and I were talking about this the other day. You know, so much in Christendom to nowadays, especially sometimes in the mainline uh, denominations, you know, we get so much of our theology and view of God from the Middle Ages. It's dark. It's somber. It's... You know, I mean, you know, every time you see a picture of Jesus, he's got a long, gaunt face. He looks like he's about ready to just whack you in the head. He's got this, or some kind of disdainful looking down his nose look at you. Listen, where, where, where you ever see, the, you know, why didn't somebody draw a picture of Jesus laughing? Why, why, why wouldn't you do that? How many times does it say in the scripture, he rejoiced? talking about here about the father celebrating. Talks about laughter in father's house. Why don't we ever hear about that? Amen? I like that. He celebrated. He was joyful. Then the prodigal's heart, we mentioned this, but let me just reiterate it. It was selfish. You know, you those people that are in your family now, they may act in a very selfish way. Man, I was selfish to... Put my picture by the definition for I was saved. Me, myself, and I, you know. Impatient. I want it now. Wasteful. He had no consideration about, you know, you think about it. How much effort had the father put in to build up this estate? Literally, he gave his life to do it. But he gave it over to him, and he had no compunction about just going out and just blowing it. He was wasteful. But the good thing about it was he was repentant. Well, I tell you, repentance, I mean, it's the turnaround. It's the reset button. It's the beginning. It's the place God wants them to bring them to. Then the older brother, he was dutiful, self-righteous, I've never disobeyed you. Wow. Quite a claim. Prideful. I ain't going in. Like them Pharisees. I ain't going in around them notorious sinners. You know, sometimes we think just because we associate with somebody that we think that's putting a stamp on their lifestyle. Well, Jesus didn't think that way. He was around them. He ate with them. He drank with them. I mean, how else were they going to hear? <laughs> didn't have the Internet in those days. How <laughs> How's they going to hear? And so when it, that, doesn't, that didn't put his stamp of approval on them. You know what it put? It put his stamp of value on them. He valued them the way the Father did. Remember what we said about the coin? Just because it was lost, it didn't lose its value. He was judgmental. and, And he absolutely had no joy. He did not have a clue about how to enjoy the blessing of God. He had no idea how to be grateful, how to be thankful, how to rejoice. I mean, what a life. Just nose to the grindstone. I mean, and even when he heard the Father and others laughing and celebrating, he still couldn't get into it. Don't be like that. Keep a glad heart. Keep a joyful heart. You know, I used to say this all the time. People, you know, especially when I was younger in the ministry, you know, I always thought I had to have an answer for everybody's question. And finally, I grew up a little bit, realized that, number one, I didn't have the answer for everybody's question. Number two, I didn't have to have the answer. I I just point them to the book. Just point them to the book, right? Go read the manual. I mean, if I, know, if I know something, I'll share it with you. But I point to the manual, isn't that right? But people always ask me, you know, wanting want to split hairs. They're like, like this older brother here, you know. Well, do you think there's going to be any Catholics in heaven? you think there's going to be any Church of Christ? you think there's going to be any of this, this brand or that brand or the other brand? La, 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 la. You know, some people, uh, you, know, uh, you know, the Bible says that New Jerusalem is going to be 1,800 miles cubed. And some people think it's going to be you know two or three of them, and then the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and that's going to be it. it. Sure, will be a big city for six people. So I finally, I just you know, I said, "Here's here's here's my answer. Whoever God lets in, will be all right with me. If God counts them righteous, if God has redeemed them, if God says, you know what, I'm I'm just going to get in and celebrate with them, I'm just going to celebrate." I don't care if they still got a little bit of the pig pen smell on I'm going to celebrate. I'm not going to be one of those wet cloths, damp rags, old dish towel, whatever you want to call it. God wants to restore joy in his house. Joy here at Passion Church. The joy of salvation. Sometimes I think we take it for granted. We've been given so much. But the joy of salvation. And listen, you experience it all over again when you celebrate the joy of someone else coming back home to the Father, restored in the right relationship. Oh, hallelujah. Just, man, I'm telling you, I hope we just all jump up and just start dancing. Nobody going to rebuke you. You just jump up and start dancing. Hallelujah. Might wake up that sister next to you, or that brother. <laughs> What, 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 what happened? What happened? Oh, you missed it. I had ten people get saved. There's joy. Where, when is there joy in Father's house? Real quickly, i got to close. When someone repents. When someone repents. Boy, I tell you, as we pray, you know, down here, you know, we've got the names of our loved ones, family members neighbors down here, you know, we're standing on Acts sixteen thirty one, where Paul told the, the jailer at Philippi, you know, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you and your household will be saved. We're standing in the gap. We're believing for them. But listen, don't undo the prayers you do here by your attitude out there. I, I'm going to be honest with you. There's some churches I wouldn't want to be a part of. I, I, I don't say that judgmentally, but I mean... You know? Whew. I mean, I don't even think I'm you know, you wonder if even the Lord Jesus could meet their standards. I mean, you know, it's tough. It's tough. So, you know, let's let's start start treating them. How would you treat them if they were saved? How would you treat them? Would you would you be patient? Would you be forgiving? Would you be kind? See, if you can't treat your brother that way, there's no use to us trying to get you to treat a notorious sinner that way. See, we're supposed to be practicing on one another. And that practice helps us, you know, to be able to to extend that out beyond the borders of just the church. So when someone repents, there's joy in the house. When a lost sheep is found, there's joy in the house. And when a lost son returns home, there's joy and celebration in the house hallelujah hallelujah let me give you some action points here as we looked at the father the prodigal and the older brother did you locate which one you might be are you someone that needs to repent maybe maybe you you don't know the Lord I'm going to tell you what he'll run to meet you As soon as you make a decision, Lord, I'm coming home, He'll run to meet you. You won't have to figure out how to get all the way home. The Father will run out to meet you. He'll bring you home. He'll bring you to salvation. He'll bring you to sonship. All you got to do is say, I'm ready. Father, I'm ready. I want to come home. I want to come home. How about the younger? The younger one knew that the Father was waiting. He knew something about the Father's house. He knew something about being there with the father and when he came to himself he said, you know what I'm paraphrasing but he said this is crazy look where I am I'm here knee-deep in the muck and muck with the pigs in my father's house I mean he's got a he's got a beautiful house a beautiful estate abundance even the servants live well I'm going back home. I'm telling you there's no place like home, Dorothy. <laughs> Especially if it's the father's house. No place like home. And the, remember this, the father's waiting to rejoice over you. And he's going to run out to meet you. Maybe you're away from the Lord. Maybe maybe you just you, you know, you've just grown cold. You know, the father's waiting to celebrate over your return. Oh, boy, the Father's just waiting to hug you and kiss you, put His robe back on you, give you a nice ring, put shoes on your feet, say, come on home, let's, let's party. Hallelujah. And maybe you're a little bit of the older brother. You need to remember the goodness of your Father to you. He's already given you the kingdom. He's already made you an heir and a joint heir.